Hey, I want to welcome those who are with us online. Can we give it up for them? Maybe watching from a different state, different country, later on YouTube. Again, my name is Andy. If we have not met yet, I would love to meet you after the service. If you're in the house, if you're with us online, go to our contact page on our website. Shoot us a message. Let us know how you want to connect with us. But it is so good to be with you all. We are celebrating our two-year anniversary as a church. So praise be to God just for his faithfulness, all the lives that have been touched. We're going to be sharing a little bit of reflection, looking back. We're going to share a story of life transformation at the very end. We're also going to look forward at what is coming up for the mission and vision of one church. Would you all pray with me as we jump into the word? Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus that you are the king above all kings. You're the Lord above all lords. Father, in the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that you are Lord. So, Father, we exalt your name. Lord, this morning is not about us. This is not about one church. This is about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God advancing here on earth as it is in heaven. So, Holy Spirit, we just pray, have your way over the next few moments, we pray. It's in Jesus' name, all God's people said. Amen and amen. I would love to get into the celebration. Before we do, I want to just direct your attention to this. You probably got two booklets on your way in. One of them is our 2023 Rewind review of, of everything as best as we can get into eight pages, right? Can't capture everything that happened in 2023, but we prayed and said, Lord, we, we, we every year want to give you something that is in hand to say, this is what God did due to your faithfulness, your generosity, your, your time of showing up to serve and sacrifice. So we say, praise the Lord for that. We're going to start off with some of that just, just to celebrate, to say, hey, we are going to praise God for every little detail that happened. One of the big things is let's celebrate some life transformation, including what happened here and even online, elsewhere in different countries. We had 116 decisions made for Jesus that we're aware of this past year. That's 100 100, think about this, 141 hands that said, I want to be written in the Lamb's book of life. I want to be right with God, to have a relationship with Jesus. Since the launch of one church, we had 10 baptisms in 22, and then we also had 10 in 2023. So can we praise the Lord for that? Just all the life transformation near and far that's happening. I want to highlight authentic manhood. We have a discipleship ministry that I would love to share a picture right here. There's a group of guys right here. I think we're in four, five, six modules deep. This is what you all need to know, if, especially if you're new to One Church, is we don't want to just reach you. We, we believe that salvation is just your first step. It's just the beginning. It's just the starting line. It's not the finish line. Amen. And so we want to reach, but we also want to connect you with the right people. We want to empower you. And that's what's happening at Authentic Manhood. We've had more than 82 guys come through already. 25 different circles of, of men that are saying, I'm done with just going through the motions. Anyone else sick of just doing church? Anyone else just sick of just saying, oh, I'm going to you know, show up, check it off the list? No, these are men that are saying, no, no, no. If we win the heart of a man in a home, you know what happens? You win the home. You in the heart of a man, you see the marriage change. You in the heart of a man, you see the kids' relationship with their father change. And if you, if you win a home, come on, you win a community. If you win a community, you win a city. You win the city, you win the state. And so we're going after this saying, let's see men who are on fire leading their household unashamed in the name of Jesus. So I want to shout out all the leaders who have been a part of that. Randy Armerzma, Phil Nettleton, Kevin Batman, Brian, I mean, Rick, I could go down the list. But can we give it up for them? Everything that they sowed into this past year. Tuesday nights. It's a good time for a quick plug, right? right? Tuesday nights. 
6.30, they have a meal. This is a time where we, we watch 6, thank you. 6 o'clock where we show up and there's a meal that's provided that's free due to y'all's generosity. And we go deep in discipleship, content, and curriculum. I want to go to the next picture here. This is where people are watching from online, just so you can just get a glimpse that this is not just these four walls in Westfield, but when God called Leanne's and I, again, praise be to God alone. He gave us a vision that was much larger than just the local. He gave us a global vision. And this is crazy. I mean, we had people this past year reaching out from Kenya, Africa, saying, we, we've been watching your service. Man, we had an outreach Zoom call from this stage to a, a remote village in Pakistan. We had videos played in, uh, in Europe. I mean, it's just only God, right? Only God. So I want to go to the next slide just to continue to show. This is your generosity, $32,387.81 total given to missions in 2023. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. No, we need to praise the Lord for that. I mean, think about this. In, in, in 2022, there was $7,000. We quadrupled that in one year. What could God do in five years? Come on. What could God do in 10 years? This is incredible. We've got missionaries in the Czech Republic that we're supporting, Hungary. We just added a missionary who's a national missionary. His name is Nobles Darby IV. He's going to be with us actually in a couple of weeks. He is a chaplain for the Cleveland Browns, the Cleveland Cavaliers, and he raises his own support. He does it as a volunteer. He works with FCA. He's another missionary. We've been able to bless people on short-term missions trips. So I just want to say thank you. Like, thank you. Because you, you are making that choice of sacrifice to, to tithe to give your offerings, to sacrifice maybe extra vacation money, maybe to sacrifice an extra present for your child to just say, Lord, I'm trusting you. And we're committed as a church to this budget line. We save 10, we give 10, and we live on 80. That is our goal. That is our aim. So 10% of our budget right away, we send to missions. Over 10% last year, what was given went to missions. Can we praise the Lord for people all around the world? I mean, thousands and Thousands of lives are being impacted as a ripple effect of your obedience. So I want to say thank you. That is not something to take light. I want to rewind all the way back to the beginning of how One Church started for a moment. I know we have a lot of new faces with us. And I want to remember even those who have been with us for a little bit longer as well, how this all started. I remember... Growing up in Westfield, this is, this is my hometown, I played basketball for Westfield High School, literally right down the street, and to show you where I was at in my walk with Jesus in high school, I never knew this building existed, okay? We can laugh at that. That's BC, all right, before Christ, my life, your, yes, yes, it's okay, okay? But I, man, I was in the party scene, man, I was, I was in drugs, I was in alcohol, I was in, you know, trying to get a relationship with girls, and then God saved my life. He saved my life, and I'm unashamed to testify the blood of Jesus transformed my life from the inside out. Man, I was craving popularity. I was craving success. I had all these different idols, and then after three concussions, God got a hold of my heart. He let things be stripped from me that were idols in my life. Basketball was one of them, and God saved my life. I went and got baptized in 2015 got a call to ministry in 2015, but after I went to Indiana Westland, I'll never forget this. I, uh, I mowed yards in the summer. It was called ATO Lawn Care. Nothing crazy. You're not going to see a trailer for it or anything, okay? But I had a few yards in my neighborhood. 
my buddy's neighborhood I played basketball with. And I remember individually when I would mow by myself, you know those mundane moments? It's not a big revival. It's, it's not a big concert, passion, conference. It's just those little mundane moments where the Holy Spirit really speaks to you, right? And only you know in the way he kind of revealed it to you. Remember, I, I was mowing these yards, and I'll never forget this, 2014, 2015. And man, faces of, of classmates that I went to high school with, and teachers, coaches, like, like people would come to my mind. And it was just like the overwhelming weight of the Holy Spirit just fell upon me. And I would just weep. I would pray for them. I pray, God, like, like if I came out of this slavery living one foot in for you, testifying to be a Christian, but I'm not really living as a believer, now I'm both feet in and I'm experiencing this joy, this transformation. Man, I want everyone to know this joy. Why would I not want them to taste and see that the Lord is good, right? And I remember, I mean, faces, I would pray for them. Some of them are part of our church now. It's, it's, it's actually mind-blowing to be here 10 years later past that. But then also, I remember that same burden as I was in college. I would post things on Instagram. I would, I would get on Facebook and share part of my testimony. And Westfield always had a burden in my heart. Like, like not just individuals, but, but this city. I, I couldn't shake it. it. It was like, no matter how much I want to go travel, go do something, go get on a tour bus and go try something with a career, the Lord just kept calling me home. And matter of fact, we actually have our district superintendent in the house, Mark Gorvet. He actually was the one, October of 2020, who asked me to step out in faith and consider planting a church in my hometown. And you have those thoughts. Uh, a lot of people know me, BC. Come on. What are they going to think of me? They're going to think I'm some crazy man that drank the Jesus juice, that all of a sudden he's all religious now, right? No. So I prayed about it, and I thought about it, and then my wife and I took it to prayer, and over and over, God just kept giving these confirmations. You're, you're called back to Westfield, and for the one kept coming into our heart. My wife, Lienza, actually, I got to shout her out. I don't know if she's in the room or out there somewhere, but this is actually our six-year anniversary of at least being together, which is pretty crazy today, January 28th, so that's awesome. Shout out to you, baby, if you're online or in the room. I don't know where you're at. But for the one kept coming to our heart, for the one, for the one. She actually wrote a song, 2015, 2016, and she called it For the One. And we knew this was what we were going to call the heartbeat of the church. Jesus is for the one. I want to share a scripture with you, John eleven three. I don't know if you've heard this story before, but it's the story of, of Lazarus. Mary, Martha, Lazarus. This is one of Jesus' friends. Jesus didn't just hang out with the religious. He actually hung out with the outcast. You know that? I love this quote I've heard before. Jesus sat at more tables than he flipped. Think about that. So Jesus had friends. Jesus went to weddings. He showed up at places that the religious would be like, you can't be doing that. He's like, yeah, yes, I can. I hold the authority. So he walks in. He's, he's got these friends, and he finds out that Lazarus is sick. And let's just read this together in the yellow. It says this. Let's read it all together. The one you love is sick. Jesus is for the one, right? And later on, verse 33, it says, when Jesus saw her weeping, coming to find out that Lazarus was going to pass, that he had passed, the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and troubled. The compassion in Christ's heart. Where have you laid him? He asked, come and see, Lord, they replied. And then verse 35, the famous verse that most people know, even if they're not even believers, they, they've heard this verse, Jesus wept. And then the Jews said, see how he loved him. Jesus wept over the one. 
Jesus would weep over you and I coming to know him. You know that? Much more than weeping, he went to the cross for you and I. Took a crown of thorns. I mean, he was pierced to two pieces of wood. He's the way, the truth, and the life that while we are literally, eternally separated from God without the blood of Jesus, Christ loved you so much that he made a way where there was no way. He didn't just shed tears for you, but he holds every tear you've ever shed in a bottle. He knows you by name. He calls you by name. This isn't just a religion, a game that we play to show up at church. Jesus created you. He knows you by name. He created you, and he has good plans for your life, plans to prosper you, not to harm you. The gospel that Christ laid down his life, but I don't know if anyone's thankful that he rose from the dead for you three days later. You know what's really special about this? Three days later, he rose on the third day. You know what this is for our church? It's the third year. This is going to be a year of resurrection power, resurrection life like you've never tasted and experienced before. But I want to hang on this for a second. Jesus is, somebody say, for the one. one. Turn to your neighbor make sure they understand it. He's for the one, right? Like think about the woman who was bleeding. Jesus is in a crowd of 10,000 people. I love Jesus so much because he doesn't just see a crowd of 10,000 people. He sees the one. The woman touches his garment. He, he stops everything. You know, Jesus is fully God, fully man. He could have said, I have a mission. I got to keep going. He said, stop. Who touched my garment? Because he cares about you. Even if you've left church, think church is a joke, guess what? He's still pursuing you. He wants so badly for you to come to repentance and to know him as Lord and Savior. That's why he went to the cross for you. That's why he rose for you. And he is so patient. The Lord could come back in the snap of a finger with angels coming back. I mean, literally, he could do it right here, right now. And guess what? He's patient. He's so patient because he doesn't want any to perish, but he wants all to come to repentance. That's his heart. But look at this. He doesn't just weep for the one. Look at what Luke 19, 41 says. As he approached Jerusalem and saw the what? Come on, the what? He wept over the city, too. Jesus wept over the one, but he also wept over the city. As I was praying, talking to Lienza, preparing for this message, really saying, Lord, every message I share, I don't want to ever preach anything unless I know it's flowing from the Holy Spirit. I will not just get up here and say something that sounds cool. I, I will only share as the Holy Spirit's leading to the best of my ability. And I had this revelation. I'm laying in bed, and, and I'm like, Lord, you know, for the first two, three years of our church, we're always saying, for the one, for the one. And I felt like the Holy Spirit said, you are now shifting into the next phase of your church where you're not just for the one, but you're for the city. And this is the graphic I want to share with you up on the screen This is the next phase of where we're going. We're not just for the one, but we are for the city. Not just Westfield, but I know people in this room watching online, man, we're we're for the city of Indianapolis. That when we move into this YMCA, assuming that the construction will be done on time, maybe even a year from today, think about that. It's supposed to be done by December 2024. The goal is that we would have our grand opening into this brand new Westfield YMCA January would be 26, I believe, of 2025, or for the city. And I believe that this is just the beginning of one church. And YMCA is not our destination, but it's the next phase. It's the next place that God has called us. And can I be really honest with you? I love how small and intimate this is. We don't have to lose that when we go. 
But let me ask you this question. Why would we want to hide the love that's in these four walls from the rest of our city? Because we don't come to just do church and go home. We come to be sent back out into the world, to be salt and light. So maybe you're brand new. Maybe you've been with us for a while. And and you're asking this question, Andy, why the why? Why the why? You have a building you're in. God is moving here. I want to share this quote, and I've got my friend here who actually shared this with me, John West. He shared this quote with me, and he said this. If you were to add the number of people that surrendered to Christ in the first great awakening, the second great awakening, we know those were very massive revivals. Thousands, millions of people probably saved from that. And all of the Billy Graham crusades combined, it would not equal those who have left the church in the last 25 years. If you are a follower of Jesus and that does not bother you, that is alarming. Because I promise you all, I love this. Trust me. I'm I'm a father. This is intimate. Man, there's something so special about the family, culture, style that we have. But God has challenged me to say, Andy, don't hide this family from the world. What if he wants to make us a city on a hill? And what if he wants to make this church a light post for our city? When we go into this YMCA, there's there's several things that I want you to understand of of, of why the why. And after we read that quote, right, it would not equal those who have left the church in the last 25 years. Can I just share this real clear and simple? Let's go to them. This is right in your booklet. Don't wait for them to come to us. The truth is, this is a screenshot from your booklet that you're holding. Is Many people will go to church in a neutral place like a YMCA, but they will not come to this building. I would love them to, of course. And yes, in Jesus' name, I would love. If you're brand new, if you don't know what you believe about Jesus yet, welcome in Jesus' name. Amen. Revival is right here, right now. Amen. We don't have to wait till the why. But we're calling this for the city, and we're calling it an initiative Why? Initiative literally means this, to take action before someone else does. We are making a step. We're not just going to talk about it. We're not just going to say, hey, one day it would be cool. No, we are literally today taking a step of faith to say, we're going to start investing into this. We're going to start to believe in faith that, God, you open this door. You are calling us, strategically placing us for this next chapter. We are going to be sold out for what you have next. I love what Dino Rizzo says from ARC when they first helped us plant the church. He said this, don't just pastor your church. Pastor your what? Your city. And I have a heart for this city. I have a heart for what this YMCA will be. And I want to share a couple pictures just for fun. We actually just broke ground on this property, which is crazy, right? I think it was the first week of December. There's a few of our launch team members. They actually are laying the foundation. They're getting things ready. Um, It's actually right at the center entrance of where Grand Park is, if you're not familiar with Grand Park. And here's what the building will eventually look like when it is done. And it's, it's really a miracle that God called us and chose us to be planted in here. It, it is beyond what we could have done in our own strength. And, and let me just brag on the YMCA for a second. I know we don't have a lot of their key leaders here with us this morning, but Greg Hyland, I want to shout you out. The CEO of the Indianapolis YMCA, over all 10, 12 YMCAs around India, you know what they want? They want a church in every YMCA. 
This isn't, uh, this isn't, we're going to Planet Fitness, set up and tear down. They don't know if they want us there. This isn't like that. This is a partnership. We are the church partner of the YMCA. They want a church in every YMCA around Indianapolis. Can I tell you, they're already almost at their goal. I think we're going to be number 10 or number 11. So continue to dream with me for a second, because for a lot of us, this may not be something that we've been accustomed to, to seeing before, but one of the main things that the Holy Spirit told me when we were preparing, thinking about this decision, we brought this decision before our elders, before 12 Stone, our district, and, and we wanted to see, if, is there collective confirmation on this? Because this can't just be Andy's cool idea, right? This has to be a calling, and one by one, we just saw the connections, the favor. God was saying yes and amen. Matter of fact, you should talk to some of the people, part of our congregation, who have literally been serving on this board. I'm talking about Juana comes to my mind, Beth, Darren, Steve, others that have literally been praying for this YMCA to come to fruition for 20, 30 years. And to see it come full circle. So again, you might be asked this question, why the why though? Why don't we just stay here? It's, it's, it's comfortable. I, I love it here. We could just do a bunch of services here. Why the why? I want to show this picture on the screen for a second. I don't know if you've ever heard the story of the woman at the well, but there's this story in Scripture where a Samaritan woman goes to Jacob's well. She goes at noon. She doesn't want to be seen by anyone, and Jesus strategically positions himself at this well. What you have to understand is that her going to this well, her goal in her mind was to get a physical need. I need to get water. And she had a spiritual encounter. If you've ever heard the full story, you should look into it. John chapter 4, it's an amazing story. She has an encounter with the living water. And Jesus says, I know you're, you're coming here for physical water, but, but I tell you that if you drink the water I have for you, and he's saying this to someone today in the house, the bottle you've been going to, the, the pornography you've been going to, it's leaving you empty, it's leaving you dry, it's leaving you depressed. But if you drink the living water, come on, the living water of Jesus, you will never thirst again. You'll just want more of him. So she has a physical need but has a spiritual encounter, right? The YMCA, this is part of the vision of the city movement. You'll see it in your booklet of other churches who are planting in YMCAs. Is the YMCA will be a well of our community. People will come for a physical need. They're going to come for yoga classes. Come on, shout out to all the moms out there. Dads, don't be ashamed. Okay, all right, you're with me now. All right. They might come to play basketball. I will see you on that court, and I will try to my best to be in shape by that time, all right? You might come for lifting weights. You might, they're going to have child care. The whole list is on there. And we don't want to be a church that's set up in there to just Bible beat people, right? That's not our job. But our job is to strategically position ourselves like Jesus at the well. And to say, do you need prayer for anything? And how can I serve you? How can I bless you? What if our church was a well for our community? Moving on, why, why the why? Again, this map shows what Grand Park is. And I, I want you to continue to understand that, that this is a miracle. That when we were first praying, Lord, where do you want to take us after this building? We were looking for land in Grand Park, and God opened up a door with the YMCA where we don't build the building. It's a $19, $25 million building. We pay rent to be there. We have a partnership with them. It's, it's a pure miracle. But if you've ever heard of Grand Park, it's a 400-acre sports campus, one of the largest youth sports complexes in the world. 
And I want you to think about this in your mind. I mean, imagine a family traveling from Wisconsin to Westfield. And they come for a a volleyball tournament. They come, maybe their son's also playing basketball. And as someone who used to play travel sports, can I testify, that is a crazy schedule. And, And it's a schedule where parents are exhausted they're going to other things. They're letting their kids kind of run around. They're really, what do they do on a weekend? What do you do in Indianapolis on a weekend? Well, I don't know. They go out, they drink, they do something, right? But what if there was a YMCA that they could go and send their kids to? And what if they went from Wisconsin to Westfield for a tournament, but they had a spiritual encounter? Man, can I tell you guys, I have a dream that hundreds and thousands of people could be impacted and they will come to a tournament on purpose knowing they will get to come to church in between. And what if they didn't just have a spiritual encounter when we're their position, but then they go back to their city and they watch online and then we do our best as a church to say, we're gonna get you plugged into a home church in your area. This isn't about us. This is about the body of Christ. You had a connection with us, but we're not going to be a lake. We're going to be a river. Can I get an amen? That we're going to actually connect you to someone else. I mean, can you see this in your mind? That what if this was not Grand Park, but this was God's park? Because I believe in the last days, God is redeeming things that were built for man, but they will be used for God. Stadiums sports teams. Can I testify? I'm an NBA chaplain, and I, I want to testify that God is moving in the area of professional sports. I mean, imagine the, the, the NBA chaplains network that I work with and other NFL chaplains linking arms to say, we are going to make Grand Park YMCA a God's part for Jesus. How many thousands and millions of life could be impacted by that? I believe this, that I will take a step of faith fully with you to say, I believe God's in this. I don't think this is a pipe dream. I don't think this is just a cool idea. I believe this is God's vision for us as we move forward. So here's a picture of what it could look like. Set up in the corner of the Y. You know what I'm beginning to see our church as we're moving into these next phases. When we first started the church, we called it our launch team. This is our launch team, y'all. What if we didn't have a launch team of 50 people when we first started, but we have a launch team of 200, 250 people? You know, over 200 people consider themselves a part of our church right now in our database. A launch team of 200 people to say, if two turned to 200, could 200 turn to 1,000? I believe that. And, and hear me. I know when I share that, a lot of you are like, I like, I like this. I know. And guess what? There's great news is we're also going to invest to buy this property. So, so can I testify? What's next? One church, two locations. Just go there with me for a second. Sunday morning services at the YMCA. Cast a wide net. Y'all, we were talking with the YMCA. We might have more visitors than attendees. Think about that for a second. I'm going to get on stage and I'm going to go, where are y'all from today? I have no idea, right? But it's a beautiful opportunity to do our Sunday services there And then we invest and we purchase this property, 2.66 acres. It's this church building, this parsonage that's owned by the Westland denomination to say, what if this property turned into our leadership center? I'm not talking about just casting a wide net. I'm talking about raising up church planters. God's given me a heart of multiplication. I'm talking, let's raise up the next generation. Can I testify? We got our first one youth event today in Jesus' name. Caleb Stout, wherever he's at. This, this building can be used for youth ministry. 
This building, I don't know, could, could we have homeschool classes? Could we? There's so many different things that we could do, but this will become our leadership center, both locations. Sunday morning services there, but imagine, we're not just trying to reach 1,000 people on a Sunday morning and say, okay, that's it. I'm talking about raising up church planters that can come here. We can do leadership training and say, let's help you plant like we did with the sanctuary this past year. Y'all know we helped, helped a church get started in Indianapolis. That's in the booklet for 2023. Imagine if we help other churches get started, right? So here's the, the next steps of where we're going. This summer, I'm excited to announce Shannon. I don't know if you're watching our executive director of the Westfield YMCA. We're actually going to host a day camp at this campus, at this location with the YMCA. The YMCA summer day camp. There will be up to 40 kids with the pavilion. And that's our step of saying, we're not going to wait till the grand opening. We're saying we're partnering right now. Let's start to reach our city now. Let's, let's, get, let's get in the weeds together, serve together. So that'll be this summer. The fall, we're going to call it city parties, like we called them launch parties at the very beginning, and then the hopes would be January 2025. And in the booklet, you can get more of this picture, but I want to share a couple numbers with you. First off, this blows my mind that, that we're already at this point, but in 2023, we saw $212,000 in tithes and offerings. Can I just say that's just to the glory of God? That, that blows my mind, you all. We're in year two, and we're almost seeing a quarter of a million dollars, okay? So what about when year five comes, year 10? Can I tell you, I'm in this for the long haul. I don't know if you know that yet, if you've been around long enough, but God has called me to this city, so I, bury me in this city. I want to see this vision come to pass. I want to see Westfield in revival. So this is where we were in 2023, and here's the goal. Believing that we would reach that mark in 2024 and 2025 as a benchmark to say, this is not the, the, the ceiling, this is the floor. If we saw an extra 188000 from our congregation through other grants that we might be able to receive for a total goal of 800000 by the end of 2025, we would be able to get everything we need for the why. We'd be able to get everything that we need to even pay off this property. Imagine that. Lane number one would be, we need to buy equipment with portable church. We need to get a trailer. We want to invest in production staff, someone that can own the tech area and say, this is my bread and butter. This is what I do. And this is mind-blowing, y'all, but, but for the first year, it's actually in our contract for all three years of the YMCA that we will pay $2,000 a month in rent. That's it. Y'all, it's a $19 million building, Okay. But we're in 21 days of prayer right now. And can I tell you, if you're brand new to One Church, how often do I talk about finances? Not very often. We never pass a plate here. I never put pressure on you to give. We literally, at the end of service, just say, if you feel led to give, just give on your way out. Because we believe it should be from a posture of generosity. The overflow of your heart for God. We're not going to pressure you. You don't have to give anything. Guess what? We don't need it. We, God will do it. I promise. He'll do it. If it isn't through us, I'll do it through someone else. I believe that. But during 21 days of prayer, I ask before you as your pastor that you would get before the Lord and say, Father, would you have us invest in this to see this turn into a reality? Let's go back to the lanes for a second. Lane number one. Lane number two, I already explained this for our current property, which is for this, this house and the parsonage. And so let's keep moving on for a second, and we'll be done. I want to give you a picture of where I think we're at right now as a church, and here it is. 
So let that soak in for a second. And here's the phrase I want to give to you as you look at this picture, as we dream for the future, and it's this. Go deep before we go wide. God is taking us deep right now. He's taking us deep. He's, he's, he's establishing roots so that when we go wide, we're not like a tree that's uprooted. But come on, we've got roots that are planted. Come on, we've been doing ministry together for almost three years now with some of you. We're going to be deep. We're going to be solid. We're going to have a foundation that's unshakable. I believe that. But let's continue to go deep before we go wide. I want to invite up a good friend as we close the message here, and his name is Brian Crouch. Would you give it up for Brian one time in the house? And here's the thing. You could hear vision from me all day long and say, okay, Andy, I hear what you're saying. I see it in the booklets. Okay, like, let me pray about it. But I want you to hear a story of life transformation because let's put this phrase up on the screen for a second. Revival right here, revival right now. We're not waiting to the YMCA. We're not saying, okay, we're just kind of doing, going through the motions. No, 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 we're saying revival right here, right now, in the name of Jesus. Turn to your neighbor, tell them revival right here. Come on. We're, we're not waiting. Man, I have a vision for this property that by the time we're getting to the YMCA, this place is going to be overflowing. We're going to say, we have no choice but to move because we're not doing four services here. Amen? I'm not preaching four times, okay? <laughs> I might regret saying that later. Take that off camera, right? Okay. But I want to get Brian, give it up for Brian Crouch one time. This man has a testimony. Revelation 12:11 says this, they triumphed over the enemy by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. And I want you to just hear what you're giving, what your sacrifice, what your labor and involvement and in, in being a part of this church family. This is a story of life transformation that's eternal. So Brian, would you share? Well, you want the stool, man, you got it. It's, it's okay. No, I'm good. It is hard to follow up a spirit-filled Andy Ramersma. It is. <laughs> but, okay. I shouldn't be here right now. I shouldn't be up here. I try not to get emotional here, guys. Um, where I should be, this is no lie, this is a true story. What should be happening a year ago, this week, should have been my funeral. That's a, that's a real story. I was just getting out of the ICU, after crazy, I'm type 1 diabetic now, thanks to my stupid choices in life, um, doing things my way, doing things the stupid way, doing things the human way, doing things the not following Jesus way. And I just want to shout out just how transformational that this church has been for me. We've only been coming here for, what, six, seven months, I think, Krista, but it feels like 10 years it just does, and it's because of all of you, all of the friends that I have made, the people that I, I seriously think I have friends here that would die for me, and I mean that. I'm serious. The authentic manhood, the Bible studies that Rick and I are involved in on Wednesday morning, the friendship with the, the Parloses, you guys, huge part of my story. He said two or three minutes. I could go for two hours. I really could. I know there's football on today and all of that stuff, so eventually. It's not till three, guys. You guys will be all right. Anyway. But you know what I found is that following Jesus with every single decision in your life, because I tried doing it on my own forever. I was in and out of AA. I was drinking more before noon. And you guys know I'm an early riser. I get up at like four in the morning. It's no joke. I would drink more before noon than most of you probably drink in a year. I'm serious. It was 
It was really, really bad. I almost died several times. For some reason, God kept me alive. He kept me alive, and I believe that is to tell people my story, because something that I've realized is that, you know, the devil wants to keep you ashamed, absolutely ashamed, and that's the biggest part of anybody that's ever suffered with anything like that. He wants you to feel terrible about yourself, no matter what, whether it's addiction, whether um, it's marriage problems, no matter if you feel like that you're not smarter than the next guy, the devil wants you to feel stupid. And you know what now? Whenever I look at my shame, do you know what I really see? An empty tomb. I see an empty grave because of Jesus and what he's done for me. Um, I could just go on and on and on. And, you know, I just, I, every morning, and I'm still there, like, I don't know if this is just honeymoon phase stuff or what, but I wake up every single morning, and instead of thinking about doing things for me, I wake up, and I just think, I cannot believe that I'm a part of this. This is insane. If you guys just look around at these people, this really, really is the launch team. I think God has called a specific group of people to change the world, to change the world. I mean, all world change starts with just a couple of people. And we may look around and be like, hey, we're small, who are we? We're God's children. And you guys are so faithful. And it's something that I love about this. Juana talks about it as well. It's not just a group of 100, 150 people. Y'all love Jesus. And that is so, so, so important. And when you do that, and when you seek his face and you seek first the kingdom, everything's going to be added unto you in ways that you can't even imagine. I shouldn't be married. I shouldn't have kids that love me. I shouldn't have the amazing house that I live in. I shouldn't have the job that I have. And God used last year to turn me into the man that he wants me to be. And that's where I'm going. And I just, with authentic manhood and with this Bible study, and there's something, Solomon blows my mind. I didn't know much about him. I've been going to church forever. This may blow your mind. I was a pastor 15 years ago, if, if that's crazy. I was, <laughs> before I screwed up everything. Some of the Solomon, one thing I love about God is that his stories, he goes grandiose. Like, whenever he messed with Job, he messed with him big time. You want to know why? So in the end, the only thing that makes sense is that God did it. It's not small. He goes really, really big. So if Job's hanging around with his friends and some guy's like, oh, I broke my ankle last week, Job can go, really? Let me tell you my story. There's stories through that all throughout the Bible. And you think about Solomon, right? Solomon, this guy, he was the world's richest guy. And he didn't have one wife. He had 200 of them. He didn't have one girlfriend. He had 50,000. And so he tried everything. He tried partying. He tried women. He tried hanging out in social clubs. He tried every golf course that there was out there, if you want to put it in today's terms. You know what he found out in the end? Quote from our Bible study rig. God makes men by making it impossible for us to find lasting happiness in any pursuit apart from him. He does that on purpose. You're not going to find happiness anywhere else except for seeking his face. And I just thank God that he did that for me. I, um, you know, we're all human. Friends can let you down. Your wife can let you down. I know I've let you down. Jerry Jones and the entire Dallas Cowboys organization lets me down every year. <laughs> Come on, standing O. Okay. But you know who's not going to let me down ever? He's never failed and he never will, Jesus Christ. Ever. Never. He never, ever, ever will. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you, it comes from one of my favorite songs. It's an old song, but even though it took dying to survive, I've never felt so much alive. It's because I'm crucified in Christ and I'm surrounded by other people that are. You guys change my life on a daily basis. So if you feel like a loser, if you feel like God's not using you, 
He knew you before you were born. He knows every hair on your head. He has a plan for you, 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 you. There's something that Steve Martin can do that nobody else can do. I don't know what that is. Probably hunting. He's good at hunting. My point is, if you think that you can't be used for the kingdom of God, there's something that you can do that nobody else can. Nobody else can and never can do. So just seek his face. He has a plan for you. You have a job in this ministry that we're about to launch. Andy, I thank you so much. I love you, brother. So thank you for everything. And thank you guys for letting me have these few minutes. Thank you. I feel like I need to baptize you again. Would you all stand to your feet this morning? This is, this is why we do what we do. We don't do it for our name. We don't do it for a website or branding or anything. But it's about stories of lives that have gone from death to life. From stories that are going from, I once was a slave, but now I'm free. Come on. And I want to testify and prophesy this over someone today, that you're hearing that testimony. And you're saying, Brian, that, that was for me. That was for me. I want to put this phrase up on the screen. And it's the third year for our church. And Jesus rose on the third day. And I, I, I continue to just feel this theme throughout the beginning of this year. And God wants to speak this to someone watching online with us in the house that it's your third day today. You've been a slave long enough. You, you've been going to things that are not the source for long enough. You've been going to the bottle long enough. You've been going to relationship to relationship long enough. And, and the Lord is saying, today is the day of your salvation. Today is the day. And the most beautiful part about all this, y'all, is it's a free gift. You don't have to come up here and do some religious thing to, to earn it, to strive, to, to make God like you more. There's nothing that you could do to ever make him love you more or love you less. Do you know that? He loves you just because you are child in his eyes and so today believing revival's right here right now resurrection's right here right now he offers you the gift of salvation all you have to do is accept it believe in your heart that Jesus is the son of God that he rose from the grave for you you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord you shall be saved by the blood of Jesus and so I'd love to have this moment of response. If you bow your heads, close your eyes. And for the first response, I want to give a, an opportunity to receive salvation. What better celebration could we have, Lord? And I love what it says in your word that, that there is more celebration in heaven over one sinner that repents than 99 righteous. Lord, you throw a party when people come home. You don't shame them. You don't berate them about all their sin. Lord, you already took their punishment on the cross. And so with heads bowed, eyes closed right now, I want to give this response of salvation. If this is your day to say, I'm making Jesus Christ not only Savior, but Lord of my life, just shoot your hand up right now. Lift your hand if that's you, unashamed, to say, today's my day. I say yes. No more waiting. No more striving. For those with us online, you can make that decision today. And we're a family here, so whoever wants to make that decision, let's pray this prayer out loud, just all as a family together under our breath here. We're all one body, so let's just repeat this after me. Say, Father, forgive me. I've sinned against you. 
I repent of my sin. I believe you're the son of God. I believe you died and rose for me. So I receive salvation. I give my life to you. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Now fill me with the Holy Spirit until I'm overflowing to tell others about you. And for the second response, for those that are already following Jesus, and I share this vision, and for some of us it might be intimidating, and you might feel, Andy, I don't know, but God, I thank you that it's not by might, not by power, but by your Spirit. Father, we believe this is your vision for where you're taking us, God. Many are the plans in a man's heart, but it's the Lord that ordains and orchestrates their steps. God, we believe we're walking with you, but Lord, give us course corrections. Lead us. Lord, adjust us by a feather, not by a hammer, we pray, Lord. But right now for the believers that the Lord might prompt you to take a step of faith into this vision, to sow a seed, to join the team, whatever that may be, I just want you to lift your hand right now. If you feel the Holy Spirit just knocking on the door of your heart, whatever that is, this isn't for me. This is just between you and the Lord. Father, my prayer for us as believers is that you would help us number our days. God, that we would not store up for ourselves treasures here on earth but that we would store up treasures in heaven, Lord, to receive a crown that will never fade away. Father, I pray for boldness like never before upon our house, courage like never before, faith like never before, Father, to step out of the boat and to say, God, I'm, I'm meeting you where, where you want to take me. I'm stepping out today. Father, I say I'm stepping out of the boat. I'm right there with you, God. Whatever you want, Lord, we say yes and amen. And it's in Jesus' name all God's people said amen. And amen. If you believe, come on, that the best is yet to come, would you give the Lord a shout of praise right now? I believe this in my whole heart. I believe it's the best is yet to come. Greater things, greater things. And we're going to have this QR code up on the slides after the service. It's a dream team slide. And with this slide up on the screen, if Darren, you could throw that on there. I want you all to know after service, this is going to be playing on a rotation afterwards. This is a great first step for you. You don't have to scan it in front of everyone else. You're like, I just want to wait until it chills out. I get that. I know, right? But if you want to take a picture of this QR code, it's going to take you to a link. And it's a next step for you to just say, hey, I just want to get involved. I don't know what that looks like, but I just, I want to get involved. I feel God tucking me. I tell this to everyone in one step whenever we do this. I don't believe in a sales pitch. I don't believe in trying to sell you on a vision. I never want to convince anyone. I just want you to feel called. So if God calls you to be a part of this house today, this week, this month, please reach out. Let us know. We'd love to have you a part of the family. But let's worship together for what God has in